episode of The Voice Party has been brought to you by All Roads Overhead Garage Door. Upgrade your garage door and upgrade your life today. Voice Party listeners get a special discount. What's the number, Jados? 510-375-8756. Call that number, mention The Voice Party, and upgrade your life today with All Roads Overhead Garage Doors. Welcome to the voice party. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's a new day. Phil is is it's a new day. Yes, it is. Phil's talking. I know. I've never heard him say he wasn't the voice party. Why <laughs> once? Well, I mean, you know, it, yeah, it, it goes around. It goes around. Yeah. It goes around. Welcome to the show, man. Introduce yourself. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Boris Edwards. I am the author of uh, Blood and Black Water: Dissension, Book One in the series. Book one. So, so there's more so books. There's more books oh yeah, there's, yeah, there's definitely more. Um, I already have the second book written, and the third one is written all up in my head. It's a big book, man. Is it a novel? Uh, yeah, yes, it is. Uh, and yeah, no pictures in that bad boy. No, man, uh, this is. Uh, it, it leaves all to the imagination. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this is our copy. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're more than happy. You're more than welcome to. Pictures are all in your head. Yep. What? Uh, so how how how? I mean, you know Phil, right? Like, oh, you guys oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Phil. Okay. And is this your first book ever? Yes, this is actually my first book, um, officially uh, finished from beginning to end. Um, I had other projects working on, but I scrapped them, and I that's the one I'm mostly concentrated on. How long did this take? Because this is a big book, man. Uh, <laughs> what is it like? Uh, two inch, one inch thick. Two inch thick? Uh, it's, it doesn't matter. But that's a I big know it's book. About, I know it's almost two. It's about pounds. a pound. Yeah, two it's pounds. Almost, almost two pounds. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it actually started in um, 2008. As uh, it actually went that far back. Hmm. Wow. And uh, I've been on and off on it from here and there. You know, life. Yeah. And all that fun stuff. But it actually, from the people that read my first manuscript, it had a completely different title and it had a completely different storyline to it altogether. Because uh, originally how the project came to be was, uh, at the time, I watched you know Twilight and other movies and stuff like that. And I wanted to start something of my own that f- was a little bit more of a darker theme and more uh, adult-based and rather tween-like Twilight yeah. and everything like that. I mean, Twilight was good in its own sense. You know, I mean, I, I like the movie, but there's certain aspects that of the movie that I thought well, that could be either improved on or just... Like rated all, R version? Not even rated R version, <laughs> just more expanded on because, okay. like, they did, you know, essentially vampires with, with powers. Right. But they didn't really expand on the powers as much as they oh, could I have. See, I see. Okay. And so that's something that I thought we had, like, a cool concept to work with. It's like, you know, what if vampires had powers beyond the whole you know morphing into animals and you know and that's actually something that i try to stay away from as far as like like in my book never in any of the books do i ever use the word vampire Hmm. ever Hmm. and i try to stay away from that because the old lore of how the vampires are they're technically undead you know yeah you know they can't be seen in the mirror you know they turn into smoke Hmm. what have you depending on which lore you want to go with I try to stay away from that because I wanted to make my own thing, literally my own thing. Yeah. Not something that has already been done, you know, time and time again. And so in my book, they're more mutants than anything. And I actually explain how the mutation is and how it works and so on and so forth. So in mine, they're not undead. They're alive as anyone else. They mm-hmm. eat normal food. And of course, you know, 
occasionally he'd be no blood, but you know. Yeah. But in any case, <laughs> um, so when so when that all comes to be and everything, and they they find out who they are, they try to control their bloodlust and try and fit in society, and you know still fight against you know the forces of good mm-hmm. in the sense that you know the holy knights and yeah all that fun stuff and so that's what i tried to do in the first book and i've had people read it i had people uh give me good reviews on it i submitted it to the online book club and they gave me a three out of four uh she loved that i combined multiple genres horror thriller uh hints of romance in it and that's really what i wanted to do as well because i also wanted to stay away from a one like a one track pony right you know what i mean and so another thing is I try to stay away from what I call Superman syndrome because if you... What is that? To, to me, Superman syndrome is basically what I call it is when the, the spotlight is on Superman. If you've read uh, like any comic book or any... So that you always have your sub characters mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and a lot of writers and like I also read anime. And oh, so okay. in anime, they... they that's their more biggest problem that I've noticed is that they'll have the main character who's a star, they'll have a sub character who's like a sidekick, and as the show progresses, you think the sidekick's actually doing something, and he wins a few matches, you know, he does this and that, and then as the series progresses, he just kind of dies down and either has barely anything to do or he's just a, like a cheerleader. And I try to stay away from that. Yeah. So you prefer to have an ensemble cast fully fleshed out. Yes, rather I, I, than a single star. Mo- most definitely, because like if that. I'm if I'm reading something like if I don't relate to the first to the main character, but I relate to the other one, I rather watch him grow and develop than be resorted to. You know what? He's only going to go to level two, and that's just where you're going to be sitting yeah. at. And I try to really stay away from that. So when I write my fight scenes and I write my dialogue and everything. I have my characters evolve in their own right, you know, to have their own spotlight, share what they can do, what they can't do, and then just mature on their own. So that way, by the time you're in, you're finished with the book, you know what? I like the bad guy. And the funny thing is... So that's why this book is so thick. <laughs> I mean, you expand and, and, on all yeah, the characters. I expand on a lot. And yeah. I, do, I do first person. I also do God view, which is third yeah. person. Right. And she gave him a review saying that there's not a lot of writers that can combine the two accurately mm-hmm. you know it either doesn't make sense or it's just like tedious information that nobody give, really gives a crap about and so i try to stay away from that and she actually liked the way i did it because the way she put it it makes this lengthy novel a delight to read yeah you know it's refreshing and i also like to throw in humor into it as well because i mean nobody wants to read a depressing book right. you know you have <laughs> you have to throw a little bit of humor into yeah. it yeah and so yeah and then so, so I just want you because we talked about this before we started recording. Uh, watching Twilight, and like what, what Twilight was missing, inspired this in a way. Basically, yes. Yeah, yeah. Like I, Did I'm not a fan. Books? I'm not a fan of sparkliness. I just, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> So when you, did you watch the you you watched the movie right? But then I watched you, all of them actually. You watched all of them, but did you also read? I'm the books? sorry, because because I, I heard I the know. books were really good. That's what, that's what I've heard about the books. I don't know if you read the books. I've read I read the first one. I read the second one. I couldn't make myself read the third one, <laughs> but I read the last one because yeah. I just wanted to f- finish get it, it over. Yeah, I just yeah. wanted it done and over with. Yeah. Um, 
that's the other thing like so when i read the last one it was it was still missing the whole pine the whole ending of it because like if you watch the movie they have an alternate ending mm-hmm. and the alternate ending oh yeah i don't know that well the alternate ending was in- essentially inspired because uh there were fans that saying so if, if you read the last book it the family collects all these people from different countries and what have you to save you know to prove that their child is you know not a threat and all that for and they're all practicing combat and using powers and mm-hmm. stuff like that and then when it comes down to it it kind of ends like a scooby-doo special where it's like hey you know we don't have to fight because you know we found this other kid you know somewhere else and it's just like well then what the hell is the point of this and even <laughs> yeah. if, like even in the movie like like two of the characters are like why did we come here like what is the point of this and the, so a little ba- battle scene right yeah so yeah, in the yeah. alternate ending in the that. movie um i forgot what i forgot what her uh, name was but she uh she showed them the future yeah and in the future there's this big combat scene and you know the main the main antagonist uh, not main antagonist, the uh main villain dies and so on and so forth and she basically showed him that so they wouldn't go into conflict because she wanted to show if we were to go into conflict you would die yeah the guy gets decapitated or something yeah 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 and so like i understand that but it was just kind of like a tease because like yeah they it didn't, didn't really actually, happen didn't, yeah that and it was a good i mean I, I i don't really watch the movies i watched the i think the first two because uh whatever dates but then mm-hmm. i remember seeing the the battle scene for that last one and it was disappointing that it was just like a uh what was it alice Alice? Yeah, Alice. Yeah, Alice was the one that was yeah. showing them future. Yeah, yeah. that that kind of su- that to me that kind of sucked. You know, I mean, uh, I get it, but it's kind of like it's giving the, it's like giving the audience what they want yeah. without really giving them what they want. It's kind of like here's what could have been right. had we had actually done this right. Since we're on the subject of vampires, how, how what do you think about the Anne Rice books? I mean, did that inspire, did that inspire any of this? <clears throat> In some ways, actually, yes. I am I'm actually a fan of Interview the Vampire. Yeah, the I, film or the book. Because uh, a lot I've, of people didn't like the the film because uh, a couple of things they they say weren't accurate. Like Antonio Banderas's character was supposed to be a a fifteen year old Russian kid. <laughs> uh, that's uh, a hard thing even for Antonio Banderas to pull off. Yeah, he did good though. Oh no, yeah, yeah, was really good. Yeah, but, but him yeah. Pl- trying to be a fifteen year old Russian kid, I imagine that was, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, every actor has the challenges, but damn. Yeah, give the guy give the guy some credit. Um, yeah. He did all right. <laughs> I've read. I I'll be honest. I haven't read the whole uh, Anne Rice series. I read a couple of her books. Um, I'm I am I did love the movie. Yeah. Some of it was um, inspiring for mine in the sense of how the, like the elegance and the culture and everything like that. The uh, essentially it's like seduction of your of your prey and, and yeah and how you want to the underground like, secret society vibe they added to it. That was in that some was, ways, yes. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, like I've I've taken in. Actually, to help my, uh, like, I'm more of a music person, hmm. like music and movie person. So, what really inspired me was actually um, Linkin Park and Evanescence. Oh, shoot. Okay. Oh, okay. Because. Dark mood. Yes. Nice. Very, very dark Cast mood. Over the, with their music. Uh, and you know, that's, that's awesome that you mentioned just that because sing- I like to listen to music when I write too. Oh, yeah. me too. Me yeah. too. You're, you're sitting there typing away, listening. Wake me up inside. <laughs> no, more, more appropriately, bring me to life right you know oh yeah yeah and so yes yeah, and i think evanescence was more for the female characters yeah. obviously yeah and Linkin yeah. park was pretty much all around all around yeah and um 
I would listen to it and it's just like it paints a picture and that's how I, that's how I write. I visualize it. Then that's why I'm actually a fan of anime because so, so let me let me just man, when you sang that, you're my, like every time I hear that song, I think of Daredevil and Ben Affleck. Sorry, I just couldn't get that out of my head. So you <laughs> we were talking about Ben Affleck earlier. It's not we're even a good ben Daredevil. Yeah. Yeah. Is I know. Daredevil. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, because you 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 mentioned that that's what you use for like yeah. the, the female characters. Uh, see, Daredevil is is one, is a good example in the sense that it had good visual. Yeah, it had very good visual. Um, Spectacular visual. Plot wasn't as great as it could have been, but great visual. Visuals are the, the only good thing about better. that movie. The director's cut was better. I never saw that one. I I have the director's cut. It's, oh, okay, it's, okay. It's it's a lot better. Uh, that stupid playground fight scene is still there. But if you can get past that, it's great. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Agreed. Sorry, I, man. I, uh, I just, no, no, no. We I'm glad you brought there. that up because it did have good vision. Yeah, it did yeah. have like the the rose falling and everything like that. It had. Yeah. It had feeling to it. Like you can actually really feel, you know, the pain and everything like that. And that's. Something else I like to put in my in my book, you know what I mean? I don't want to do uh, like one essentially one sided characters, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that's some a lot of a lot of movies have problems. Like, hey, it's the depressing kid, and he's just gonna be depressed. Like yeah. Twilight, right? Yeah, she's just she was she's, just she's dead, dead inside. inside. <laughs> she needs to be woken up. She's so dead inside. Vampires just like, oh, she's one of us. Yeah, yeah. she fits right in. She, <laughs> that's the beautiful thing that literature can do that film has a hard time with doing is you've got the time to dive into any character's head that you want Yep. because pages can be almost limitless. But with the film, you only have maybe three hours tops. Um, I mean, standard is wet less than that, but thank you in game to really, <laughs> to really develop who you're going to develop unless you're, Running a TV series or Marvel, which I've heard it joked as like the longest running television series, but just marketed as movies, where you're able to like take the time in different movies to develop each character and flesh all these different people out. You, if, if it's just a one and done film, it's it's hard. You know, it's hard. Or even just a trilogy, it can be hard. So, I mean, that's definitely an advantage you have as a, as a novelist. You're able to say, no, 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 I'm going to do more than just make this the one note depression character i'm gonna i'm gonna really take you where they live and that's powerful yeah know? i mean that that's also why i did god view because in god view you're, you're you're able to like look over the entire world and mold it how you want to and express feelings that for instance if the main character is feeling something that he doesn't want to express you have the ability to express it without him having to do anything yeah and as the reader you're like oh, okay so i'm i get a more feeling of what this character is going through and all that fun stuff it allows and, you to read it like a script too, right? Like in the script, you see the description of what's going to happen. Kind of, in yeah, a sense. Yeah, in a sense. In a sense, yes. And it was just, um, like, personally, I was so happy when I finished, when I actually got done with it. Yeah. And I'm like, this is there. And then it's like, it's one of those things, it's like, if you're done watching a season of your favorite show, and you're like, I'm done with it, and I can't wait to, to start the next one. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at now. Nice. And even though I already wrote the second book, Yo, I, oh, it's already written. Yeah, the second okay. book is already done and uh, finished and written. I just made the the mistake of handwriting it, and now I have uh, to go through the tediousness of typing, typing. it. But 
aside from <laughs> aside from that, it's actually done done. And I have the. Isn't it better to do it that way though? Don't you enjoy writing it in ha- by hand first and then? Yes, but then <laughs> his face said everything. There, it's, 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 his voice it. said yes. His face said yes. No. It's like it's very it. it's very enjoyable in the beginning until you you know yeah that's true until reality hits. You yeah, someone like Gaspar no, to type. No, yeah, like, I'm just gonna say we were just talking about that with Jay yeah, earlier hey, on guy. the way over here. I, you know, I I I agree with the sentiment 100 percent that there is a certain feel as you're writing it. Um when I write my rap verses, I, I always write them by hand. But the main reason why I, I do it that way specifically with my verses is because even though my handwriting is terrible, I'm the only one that has to look at the look at <laughs> this. True. So it's okay. Yeah. But like I try to make it neat for you. Yeah. But. Yeah. Neat enough for me, but no one else needs to see yeah. it. However, whenever I sit down and write a script or, or a novel or something, two things, I find that I can type faster than I write. So I can get my Same ideas. Here. I can. I, I. I. It looks like two chickens picking, picking fucking food when I'm there. And, <laughs> and I also like being able to make instantaneous corrections. I'll go. Wait, that's the wrong tense. Oh wait, that's missing a comma. So you know how they say you 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 crank out your first draft. I basically will spend maybe a couple of hours cranking out three pages but by the time i'm done with those pages i've already made like multiple revisions to the point to where no this is the final draft like some you know sometimes so i i just pro typing man yeah. <laughs> 2020 i got a question for you yes when you write out a character when you create a character mm-hmm. do you what do you i mean i know you said the music um but do you also like I don't know, maybe like have, for me, it, it helped to have someone in mind who who I think, like if, if it became a film, who would play it? Oh God, have I done that? Yes. Um, right. <laughs> I've, God, yeah, I've, I look through, see, the only sad thing is the characters or the people, the actors that I like now had, had this book will be a movie, hopefully, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I would, for sure. I would love that. Those actors won't really be like they'll be too old essentially ah, by the time I'm thinking about time yeah. this would actually make movies. And so I was ex- act, sometimes actors. I'm sure sometimes you, regular people that you know, like because that's that's kind of how I I don't know that's what I use sometimes. I a lot of characters are names anyway, not oh, yeah. not personalities so much, right. but names are based on people I know. Okay, and a lot of them are based on people I know, and it's for me. If I use a, someone's name that I actually know, it's easier for me to write dialogue for them. Not so much because I'm basing it on what they would say, yeah. But just because you have that like instantaneous connection to that person, just because well you know their name, right? And of course, I don't use their full name. You know, mm-hmm. I just use their first name and whatnot. But yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel that. So like the character, the first character's name is Kevin. Um, Kevin doesn't have a relation to anyone. Kevin is essentially my own creation that i work with same thing with marcus mm-hmm. um michelle christine oliver uh heather and all that those characters are from people i've met through high school through college work what have you and so i choose to implement their names and i even tell them it's not a secret like i tell them hey you know i, I use your first name and they're like oh that's so awesome you know blah blah, blah. and so like it for me it's just easier to do it like that and like like i said before like 
I visualize the fight scenes as a movie in my head. Yeah. And so I have trouble sometimes like putting a fight scene into words because you can't really like describe you can't really like yeah, yeah describe like a punch thrown and dodged or a counterattack yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But I do my best in the sense of how how we be worded versus how it would actually be visualized. Mm. Because if I word it the right way, then the person who reads it will visualize it that way, and that's pretty much the point. Okay. Um, there are some characters that are like, they only live for like maybe a sentence or two. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. I use names for them. Yeah. You know, it's no different than anyone else. Of course, I don't go into the, you know, detailed description of video for everyone else because, I mean, they're only alive for like a sentence. Right, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, and so like for actors, I definitely visualize people I like that I would love to see, like Kate Beckinsale. I would oh, love to see yeah, her in my yeah. movie. I, yeah, I would, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who would she play? That's. Um, I could see her playing the queen, the queen of the um, Holy Knights or the Dios Arma, which is uh, God's weapons oh, in God, in God. Latin. And um, she could pull it off, still, man. She's still, oh yeah, she could pull off. Oh yeah, a young, yeah, she can. She, yeah, she could she definitely. Hasn't aged at all. <laughs> yeah, she's. Yeah. Uh, that's what I love. That's that's what I love about like Underworld and everything. Yeah. Because throughout the movie, she looks the same. There's no like age difference, and even now, you know, she still looks great for her age. And yeah. not not a lot of actors age well. She could do that's another true. another yeah. Underworld. Especially, I mean, I, I hate to at the risk of sounding even mildly sexist, especially with the actresses, right? Like, there's this. A lot of them get on because there's a standard of beauty. How dare and, you? No and then, you know, and then like the actual acting ability sort of comes uh, second to the point to where if you're 50 and still acting, you have to be as good as, say, Meryl Streep. Like Meryl Streep's freaking incredible. Yeah. You know what I mean? She'll come in and, and totally uh, uh, change your persona for a part. But that sort of thing, you, you know, you don't you just don't see that a lot. People her age. Uh, working really interesting roles. It's kind of sad because I know there's some talented women out there that are not being cast, right? You know, got to be. Yeah, I can't even think of the top of my head of a woman in her age that's like doing really anything right now. Yeah, you know what? What is she like in her late forties? Meryl Streep? No, 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 no. no. Oh, okay, Beckinsale. Uh, I want to say at least mid forties, like 40s. maybe early fifties now. Yeah. Yeah. No, but we were talking about you guys were talking about Meryl Streep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Glenn Close. Oh, yeah, another, yeah. Glenn one. Close is up yeah. there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Glenn Close. And uh, let's see. Um, and she has like a like the background just as good as Meryl oh, Streep. Oh, yeah. yeah that's good and, acting. And then you got a uh, who's the who's the name of the uh, the Halloween actress? Uh, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that that probably more so comes from Journey Weavers. You know, but that probably comes more so for those actresses being affiliated with a popular franchise and being so their characters being so beloved in that franchise. It's like, why wouldn't we recast you? I would love to see Jamie Lee Curtis flex her acting skills in something else. You know, same thing with well, Sigourney's done other stuff, a lot of genre stuff. Like, was she aside from Alien? She she did. She was in The Defenders. In a in a oh, yeah. lackluster villainess role, she killed it, but the script didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so that's you said. Kate Beckinsale's. One, yeah, I, I could definitely, definitely see her. See her. Okay, so this is gonna be an expensive film. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I mean, I, I, that's someone you use like in your head. As, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would like. I mean, that would be like. Is that know, the main I, character? No, that's actually uh, the secondary, vi- the secondary villain. Who? Um, spoiler. She. She actually makes it through 
all three books actually oh okay yeah she actually makes it through all three books um if you read the first one the main the main bad guy is not actually the main bad guy yeah there's uh the character yeah uh, that everyone apparently thanos behind it all no well no, i'm just kidding <laughs> it's um okay let me put it to you this way you've seen mm-hmm. venom no i haven't i have you've seen yeah, venom sadly. okay so you you like venom Yes. You mean the movie or the character? I love the character. Okay, the character. We'll, we'll see. The, the movie was. He had to specify. The, cool. the, the, the movie was okay. <laughs> the movie was the cool. Spider-Man three one. <laughs> no, no, good fuck God. I'm no, just no, no, but the love of God, man. No. Love the character. No, don't don't that that venom and that venom needed some meat on him. J- just for clarification, I I, I Eric, will say Eric Foreman. Yes, that the actor that plays Eddie Brock in the Venom movie. It, it did his job, and if Tom, I was going to Tom, yep, yep, Tom Hardy. If I was going to cast somebody to be Eddie Brock, um, it would definitely be him. I would just prefer him to be Eddie Brock in a more uh, accurate depiction of the character. Like I could totally see Tom Hardy uh, uh, bench pressing, being angry because you know Spider Man caught the real serial killer, and then plotting to like murder him out of revenge because the symbiote's just like, yeah, we're both angry at Peter slash Spider Man. I could totally see him doing that. That's not what we got. But go on. Yeah. <laughs> but Damn it. fucking that's... Sony, <laughs> trying to put the big boy pants on. Fuck you, Sony. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But sorry about my friend. I think he's got. I think he's got some venom in him. He's got a little too much coffee in him. <laughs> but uh, but like as I was saying, so you, you like the the character Venom, right? Yes. Okay. So basically, uh, Marcus is my version of Venom, mm. and so Marcus is actually, if you read, if he actually makes it to the third book, and he's actually the main bad guy throughout this whole thing, mm. and everyone who's read my book. Oddly enough, nobody really lo- so much likes Kevin, who's like the main yeah. the main character. They like Marcus, which is like oh. the sub bad guy in least in the first one. Okay, and they like him because he's pretty much straightforward. He's essentially he he tries to take over Kevin's body mm. as soon as as soon as he gets he gets a chance, and he's very manipulative. And what I love about him, and what I try to stay with him, is. This is your goal. Your goal is to take over the body, and you have you have all the means in the world to do it, and you do whatever you have to do to do it. And he stands by that. And so, even when he's trying to help, or when he's trying to, like, at least be supportive in any sense, it's always still toward the main goal. Mm-hmm. And so, in this, I'll give you a, a small spoiler. In the second book, when he actually betrays Kevin. Kevin's like in this like whole amazement, like how could you? Like we we've been it so far, like we've done this, and he tells him like, my main goal was always to take over your body and to get my own to live my life. This was never like a real <laughs> partnership. I was never your friend. Like yeah, like I don't understand where you where you're going to like getting this attachment from. Right. Ironically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, and so in the second book, he actually when he betrays him, it's so like exhilarating to read it because you've read the first one he's he's tried he's failed he's done this he's done that and when you make it to the second one and he betrays him in that good laugh i'm not gonna spoil anything yeah, yeah but when he actually does it you're like yes like the character that i've been like loving for this whole series has finally gotten what he wanted and finally going with it and when he makes it 
in the third book, it's uh, I would love it if if like, when they make the third movie for this, yeah. you've seen you've heard um, "Feeling Good" by um, what's his name, the one that. Uh, and I'm feeling good. Oh, Michael Bublé. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. I would, and it, it, his lyrics fit in it so great because in the third movie, I would oh, I visualize nice. it. Marcus just going through like a field, like a meadow. Yeah. You know, setting. That's stuff. awesome that you have a song in mind for. Oh, for yeah. a oh no, I was I was song oh, for sure. all of them. Yeah, I'm I, have sure, a yeah. play, I have a book playlist. Okay. And so he's going through like this meadow, and the song's playing, and he's finding God's what he wants. He's just setting stuff on fire. And it's like yes, and that's, that that would be like the beginning of the of the movie, like him just enjoying freedom, yeah. you know, something yeah. that he's always wanted. And it's I'll give you the origin of of Marcus. Marcus was actually a, um, for a lack of a better term, a living enchantment. Mm. He was a soul sliver that got uh, put in an amulet and was forced and was put on Michael, who's the main bad guy. Uh, he was put on his daughter and her sister and everything. And the whole thing was that it was supposed to make uh, the subject more... It wasn't supposed to take over, mm-hmm. but it was supposed to essentially control them enough to where he, they'd want to follow Michael regardless. Okay. Like, there wasn't... They still had their own will, but to make them more, agree- more agreeable to what he wanted. Mm-hmm. When you say soul sliver, you mean a piece of a soul? Yes. The whole... So, casting the I spell... You like possession. Not entirely. Okay. Okay. But see that reason the reason he was put in a gem and all the other soul slivers was because that was the whole containment. So there was no possession. Mm, it was just like Yeah. Like, like a like a chip. Like you know, for <laughs> yeah, lack of a better term, like a chip. Okay. <laughs> and so when the amulet got crushed, the soul sliver or Kevin crushed it, uh the soul sliver had nowhere else to go but inside his body. Mm. And so at that point Marcus already found himself to be more or less free. And now let's weed out the other person, just live my life and everything like that. And so that's what makes it more interesting because, and relatable to Marcus, because Marcus is not just trying to, you know, get a body for, for shits and giggles. He's actually trying, he's actually trying to live. You know what I mean? He has, he feels that he has the right to live because he's alive. You know what I mean? And it's the same, like same for anything. If you are alive, why can't you do what you want to do? You know, why should you be caged and imprisoned? And so he does everything he can to get what he wants and to get his body and live his life. And so even in the book, he goes against Michael and Kevin questions him like, why would you go against, like, in, in, in a sense yourself? He's like, why wouldn't I? This is, he, this is what he would do if he were in my position. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. why wouldn't I do the same thing? Yeah. And you kind of understand that. And, that's why like a lot of people relate to Marcus because he's trying to do what he he's trying to live. That's he's trying to enjoy his life. Yeah. That's like anyone else. No matter who he takes out. <laughs> no no matter yeah, he's he's uh yeah, he's pretty selfish in in a lot of ways. He'll only help if it's only an advantage to him. And so Did that little that aspect of like did that get in, in at all inspired by something that happened in real life? I just it just I don't know, it just kind of it's like a vengeance story on your on your part or something you saw like is that inspired by a true uh venom was actually the inspiration oh, for venom. him okay okay but okay it's not a because a lot of times there's a lot of stuff that's inspired by real stuff that happens yeah. i'm sure and and 
I, I don't know. In but. as far as real life goes, it's. I try to think like, is it something I would do if I was yeah, in that situation? Yeah, were, and yeah. basically, like I'm, Kevin and Marcus, uh, are more based on something I would do versus like alexis or heather because you know first of all it's a female role mm -hmm. and obviously you know they would have their own views and everything like that same thing for jimmy and all the other people so for to, for me to write them i have to think what they would do not what i would do right and so when i was writing marcus character and and kevin's character i thought about myself like why would i do in this situation like what would i say how yeah. evil would i be if i did marcus <laughs> and so and that's why I find funny is because when people read the book, they're like, we like Marcus better. Yeah. We, I mean, Kevin's great. He's great. We, we love Kevin, but we love Marcus. <laughs> and it's kind of like, same thing, it's like, like if you watch, yeah, it's not like if you watch Venom. Yeah, like, okay, okay. You know what I mean? You like Venom for Venom. Right. Right. I mean, Eddie's great. Yeah. We, we love Eddie, <laughs> but we have Venom. Yeah. Yeah. So Indeed. it's, nice. and in Venom in, um, or in Marcus in this case is not, uh, it's not a parasitic relationship like it is with Venom. Right. It's more of like he doesn't need. Well, he can He needs Kevin to be alive, obviously, for him to. But he doesn't feed off of him. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just yeah, basically yeah. like, like yeah. as long as you're alive, I'm fine. Yeah. And as it's time like, progresses, saving my dinner for later. Like it's just basically, <laughs> yeah. And so, like as time progresses, he his powers do get stronger. Um, and Marcus actually has actually has his own power. Okay. And it's funny because later on in the book, you find out that his power is actually assimilation of all things. Yeah. And it's fantastic because it's like he's able to essentially assimilate uh, like matter, like weapons or anything like that. He's able to assimilate and make it part of his armor oh, wow. or and stuff like that. Yeah. And so as he evolves, as he grows, he doesn't really need Kevin as much as as he needs in the beginning because in the beginning he's just like he's like a newborn you know what i mean so but, they're like discovering their powers as the book goes is that kind well, of well no he more or less yeah marcus uh knows what his power is from the get-go okay like he's at once he essentially swallows kevin he's like the lestat of the <laughs> not oh, okay no not, less, not, <laughs> not like in the stat okay, okay. but um like i described I described the first uh, assimilation of him and Kevin the same way, kind of like how Venom did Brock. Oh, yeah. Just okay. full-on enclosure, just right. swallowing him and then just, mm, you know, okay, moving okay. us, moving and whatever. Yeah. And so, of course, the only difference is that in my book, um, like when you, when you see Venom, you see sharp teeth, you see fangs, yeah. you know, stuff like that. In mine, it's still Kevin. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like a different facial expression, different attitude, like and Dr. stuff like Jekyll, that. Mr. Hyde kind of a thing. Kind of, yes. Yeah. And so, like, that's actually another another inspiration behind that too, oh, as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, and so when when the other characters interact with them, he literally tells them like, "This is like I'm not Kevin. Like this is <laughs> just to remind you. Yeah, like you wish this was him type yeah. thing. Yeah, like we don't understand. And he pretty much just goes on the bloodless and just starts tearing shit up yeah in one of the one of the scenes he actually uh attacks one of the guy's girlfriends and he's like he's about to like snap her neck and everything like that and he tells him and he tells her like or no, he tells him he tells her um say your last you know say your last goodbyes you know say something that 
yeah. like meaningful and stuff like that. And he tells us, you know, he's like, I love you and everything will be okay and I'll save you and everything. And he's like, why are you lying to her? <laughs> he just like yeah. snaps her neck. Oh, shit. <laughs> and he's like, no. <laughs> and it's, and it was, I love writing his character. And um, there's a character, because I said there's multiple soul slivers. Yeah, fun writing deaths. <laughs> Death it's, scenes, yes, because I mean, sorry. death scenes are impactful. Yeah, yeah, whether you love the character, whether you hate the character, yeah. it leaves a mark. Yeah, yeah it and, makes the reader feel something. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. But I mean, if it's too many deaths and too many, like too many scenes or too many chapters, you're just like you grow numb to it. Yes, it's like, well, who else is gonna die? Right, uh, just yeah. Step on up. <laughs> what your name's John? Get over here, John. <laughs> <laughs> One thing can be said about the Game of Thrones uh, phenomenon, A Song of Fire and Ice, is nobody, spoiler alert, the damn <laughs> shows and books have been out for like how long now? So, uh, but anyway, that first death that happens. <clears throat> Like the very first one, the or very the... first death in book one that happens, everyone was like, no way, no, you don't. So after that, you know, the rest of the books, everyone's wondering who else is going to die now. But it's a different kind of like, it's not a board like, oh, here we go again. It's more like anything can happen. Mm. Yeah. And, and because they, they do multiple POVs, you know, there are multiple characters that have their own uh, uh, chapters written from their perspective. It, it's, it, it's okay that this particular character dies just because, you know, you, you can pick up in someone else's story and the other stories and then include more because there's this, this big world, this big tapestry that's going on. It's just the, the viewpoints. But it was the, the tough thing, I think, was that it was a character that a lot of people loved. So when you, when you kill off a character and you mentioned that it should be impactful, um, like how many ballpark without giving too much away mm. how many characters uh do you kill in your story um and what kind of weight uh it, it, do these characters have are they like are they minor characters or do you totally are you totally fine with taking someone that's an established main like heart and soul like uh captain america tony stark level character and going you know what dead uh in the first book there is actually and well, this one, Kevin's mom dies, spoiler alert, in the first one. Um, hmm. So she dies. She's impactful, depends on how you want to look at it as a family member and a mother mm -hmm. versus just a character in the book. Now, she gets killed off, and her death is actually um, what pushes Kevin over the edge and really actually sets him up for the fight and actually, want, and actually gets him to take revenge. Um, the other characters. There are characters, let's see, yeah, uh, there's uh, one of Tony Stark characters that actually does die, and he makes um, a very noble sacrifice because he sacrifices himself uh, to bring back his daughter, who got killed, and what he casts is um, essentially a spell that triggers as soon as he dies, so as soon as, he's, as, soon as he actually dies, the spell triggers... And it essentially gets his essence and brings his daughter back. And the reviewer that read the book, she said that that was like he literally gave his body and soul to bring back his daughter. And his daughter, like when she comes back, she's searching for her dad. And her dad's obviously like there's no trace of him anymore. Yeah. And so she's heartbroken, but she's like so happy and everything and just... 
you know, so thankful for his sacrifice. And that's actually her whole family have her uncle, her father, and uh, her cousin, actually, all three of them sacrificed themselves for the greater good. And her, her cousin actually was the one that rebelled against that because she felt that, why should I have to sacrifice myself for something? Why can't I just you know, do what I want? And in the end, she still ends up having to sacrifice herself regardless. Mm. And so I like killing off characters that do have meaning because, again, it's either you love them, you hate them, but it just happens, you know, and stuff like that. Um, there are characters that I personally liked that I had to kill off because there was just no, like, there was no more future for them. You know, they were great. Mm-hmm. They were great. But they just had to be, uh, like, written off, basically. And, yeah. Let me ask you about the, the setting of your novel. Is it is it mostly, like, back alleyways and dark city streets? or And also, is it What's the atmosphere? Day? Oh, yeah, 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 it's yeah. it's it's day. Yeah, it's definitely modern day. It's okay. not futuristic. No flying cars. Okay, none okay. of that fun stuff. Or, or ancient times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. Uh, no, it's uh, it's modern day. It's mostly dark alleys in some senses because so the one thing I kept from the old vampire lore is the sunlight sensitivity. Yeah, I kept that, and there is actually an allergy, a rare allergy that people do have that causes boils and yeah. blisters if they're exposed to sunlight. And like in the others, the kids had that, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I implemented that into part as part of the mutation and everything like that. Nice. nice. So instead of just going off, hey, you know, we're sensitive to light because I mean, why not? Yeah. No, I actually that's why I want I I did. They're not undead. They can eat. They have a mutation um I used um myostasis. I actually looked up the definition of it, and it's a virus that essentially like uh, manipulates cells and essentially multiplies. And it's transmitted the same way, you know, blood contact, you know. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, so it's like that's why they bite each other. Yeah. So on and so forth. Um, they still follow the same thing where they can't feed on each other. You know, they actually need fresh blood. Yeah. And the blood is not so much. Uh, survival thing it's more just a like a booster right you know just to like uh accelerate healing or just give them like boost of strength Powers, you know get stronger yeah basically but that's an interesting concept because i'm never, i don't know if i've ever heard i've ever heard that in a in a vampire i mean that they eat regular food <laughs> no actually no i'm yeah. scratching my head to because i'm, I'm thinking maybe like I remember maybe half-breeds half or, half <laughs> or something, maybe, yeah. but no. no yeah. Oh, no, no. They, they, eat, they eat, like, cheesecake and all that, oh, burgers okay. and all that yeah, fun okay. stuff. I yeah. guess it would what? stand to reason that if vampires, even the more supernaturally written ones, still have a stomach, that they could fake it, right? Like, it, in theory, they could sit down and eat cheesecake and swallow it. You know, it just it won't give them any nourishment, so... You know, I never saw any reason why when Dracula had uh, uh, Jonathan Harker over that he couldn't just like eat a piece of fucking chocolate cake and <laughs> swallow that shit. You still have working <laughs> guts, right? It may not do anything for you, but at least pretend for your guest's sake. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but would you eat blood to to fit in with your vampire buddies? You know, I mean, uh, you know, if, like if I- for no other reason than to trick them into thinking that I wasn't 
you know, human, so they wouldn't bite me. Oh, he's one of us because they don't drink their own. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that that is an interesting concept. I've never. I mean, I haven't heard of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I want to ask because I'm curious because hmm. this is a, you know based on vamp. What's your favorite vampire movie? Underworld. 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 Because yes. of the battle, or is it uh a- because uh not so much the battle because of the dark theme to it. Yeah. Like it's, it's a very dark film. It's yes. all It's all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wasn't a f- I wasn't so much of a fan of how they did the werewolves. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the lichens yeah, and the everything lichens, that yeah. I felt they could have done a little bit better than that. I mean, they, they did better than okay. They weren't lichens in Twilight. They were you know shapeshifters. Yeah. But regardless, like they could have. I didn't like the way they did it in Twilight either, though. Yeah, the, I, now, they're just big-ass dogs. Big ass dogs. Now, now, what is your exact criticism? When you say the way they did them, you mean the way they, they wrote them or the way that they presented them? The costumes. Special costumes. effects? Okay. The costumes, the yeah. they effects. they uh, Especially in the first one. And they, they improved it as the movies progressed. In the first one, like, the heads don't really move. Mm-hmm. Like, the mouths don't really move. They just kind of like... Like yeah, a mask. Yeah. Like, if you put on a wolf mask and you just like... Could, like know, put it on someone's shoulder. <laughs> it reminded like, me of uh, remember Ninja Turtles, the second one when they have that the the wolf and the and the turtle. And oh oh oh! You mean the the bebop and rock steady ripoffs we right, got instead right, of yeah. actual bebop yep, and rock yep. steady. That's what it reminded me of. That big ass wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Make no damn sense. What, what about werewolf? Werewolves? Is there werewolves in this? Uh, there are no. Okay. okay uh, there. Okay, werewolves actually. I'll I will spoil this. What? We'll, Werewolves will be introduced nice. in a future series. Yeah, uh, of course I'm not going to call them werewolves because right, right, right. I'm not I'm not going by that whole thing. Like, nor lichens, nor lichens. nor, okay. nor, nor hexen wolves. Okay. No, okay. none of that stuff. Skinwalkers. <laughs> no, oh, no, 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 God, no, no. Um, the moon people. The moon people. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. The lunar. The lunar rising. Ooh, oh. ooh, uh, that's fresh. Is that? Okay, you know what? I actually like that. I might stick with that. Yes. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Dope, man. That is, that is pretty Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, in the book, we in the first one, we do have angels. Uh, we have angels. Um, we have a small touch on demons. Uh, we have the... De- I call my vampire... Sorry, they're not vampires. I call them demi-bloods. You have to drink every time you say vampires. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I call them demi bloods, um, demi for demon and yeah. blood. Right. So that's that's the mixture I use, oh, and because um, I know I know demi means small. Yeah. Like so, yeah. blood is kind of like they're lesser than demons, mm-hmm. but they're above humans. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But like I said, I wouldn't call them vampires, and I use Dios Arma because I wanted to use something. I I know I used Holy Knights before. Yeah. Is that like I, a nice Templar kind of? Uh... Well, that, that's okay. So that's that's another thing. I wanted to something. I wanted to get away from, like you've seen Priest, right? The movie part, part of it. Yeah. Okay, so I kind of wanted to stay away from typical, or at least maybe English names. Right. And I was like, I looked into Latin because I wanted to make them old. I wanted to make them experienced and everything like that because I made them essentially followers from angels. You know what I mean? And so I looked in Latin and I looked out. You know what? Dios, God, Arma, weapons. They essentially work for God, God's mm-hmm. weapons, Dios Arma. Perfect. You know what I mean? And yeah, it fits. Yeah, it's catchy yeah. and it works. Sounds ancient. Yeah. Yeah. And so I ran with that. And so you have your angels, your Dios Arma, your demi bloods, 
your humans. And later on in book two, there will be archangels. Oh. Yes. Um, another thing, like I watched, I'm a big fan of Supernatural. And Supernatural actually helped me uh, come up with dialogue or just environment setting of, you know what, if an angel came to you, what would the conversation be like? Look, you winged son of a bitch. Yeah. You're going to help my brother out of hell and <laughs> so clip your wings. No, well, that, that's something that Dean would say. I, I have a, actually have one fallen angel in, in the book. And uh, the fallen angel is created because... So I have a process in the book called Ascension is when an angel chooses a suitable human yeah. or very rarely another angel that they choose to pass on their powers on to. Oh. Um, the fallen angel is created almost through the same process, but through profane means. And so when she became a fallen angel, her wings became like ashy gray. And instead of healing, she had, you know, powers to remove curses or poison. It's more of a, a darker view of it. Yeah. And so it's funny because, like, when she gets in, she gets into it with another uh, another female character, and they're like arguing and everything. She calls her she calls her a crow. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just it's like black wings. Yeah, and she's like she spreads her wings, and it's like ah, it's like it's like bring it on you crow. <laughs> And so, like, I like to make fun of that. Like, I like to um, put a little bit of humor into everything because, yeah. I mean, obviously, there are there is seriousness to it. Right. And one of the characters, or actually, no, one of the the reviewers, she said that the book had, in her opinion, maybe too many fight scenes. And I can elaborate on that because in the first book, it's a lot of them go through training because they don't know what the hell they're doing. They don't know what their powers are. And so training has to be implemented for the character one to evolve, for you to get a uh, touch on what the character can do, and so on and so forth. And so they get trained from three, like three different people in different times. And by the end of it, they're experienced, they know what they can do, and they just make a fantastic battle in the end. And, um, oh, and they do have Undead because... God damn it! I had to put zombies in there. Oh, nice. Yes, and it, but it's not it's not like Resident Evil zombies. Yeah. they're just like shambling. They're that's just... that's one thing I I've always wanted to see in a like a vampire movie. Zam- or... Zombies versus vampires, or just they're in the same in the same realm, kind of. You know? Yeah. Like in the, it, it would be, in the new, interesting in the new Dracula series on on Netflix. Mm. There's a scene where oh, yeah, there's a new one, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a scene where. Dracula explains to a character that that there's like tears to this whole undead thing like there. And I think that's something Bram Stoker brings up in the original novel, like not all undead are vampires and not, you know what I mean? Mm. There's, there's like a, a sort of lower teetering shambling, you know, things still clinging to life, but they don't feed on blood, you know, more like physical ghosts than anything else. Yeah. Well, I mean like as, like, I, I kind of got... I've seen Land of the Dead. I've seen, like, Resident Evil, all the dead movies. And there are different depictions of how their zombies evolved, whether it be oh, yeah. naturally or genetically or altered, what have you. And so my zombies, they're not the main, they're not the main thing of the book. Right. And so they don't evolve. They're they, the fries to the burger. Yeah, they're pretty much the side piece that's, yeah. like... Um, what's it called? Like, they're... Um, 
So is what, it an end yeah, of the like, world kind of a are, thing? They're what uh, what do we call like uh, just pushing things to the front so they can you know die and everything like that. Just oh, they're they're uh, they're cannon fodder. Yeah, cannon fodder. That's what it was. Yeah. The reason, because when you say it's zombies, it made me think like this is in the an apocalypse kind of setting. It's not. It's not. No, no. He okay. just because vampires don't have to be end of the world, you know. Like and then zombies, like oh yeah, this shit's over. <laughs> like, yeah, that's no, what. I, no, the main the main bad guy just he likes to have an army with them, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much what he uh, uses. Yeah. That's that's all there really is to it. But um, the spell he uses is actually kind of funny because it lets him raise the dead, but it's like really fickle. Yeah. So the zombies are in control of whoever's strongest in the area. Yeah. Okay. And so even if he were to like raise them and everything like that, if there's someone stronger than he is, they're going to listen to him. Right, right. And it's funny because he I make that joke in the book where he says like, "Well, they're already they've already been dead once. I mean, they don't want to die again, so they're going <laughs> to they're going to go for the stronger leader." Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, it's like you can't blame them and that, and I make that spell work like that just because yeah. it's it's funny. And yeah. and when they turn on him, he's like, "No, you know, I'm the one who raised you and everything." And they're just like no, yeah, they, they don't care. <laughs> hey, every good villain needs a set of putties. I mean, Shredder had the Foot Clan. Yeah, you know, Lord Zed has his putty has yeah. his putties. Oh, yeah. Lord Zed has his putties. Yep. Wait, Hydra this... has an innumerable amount of agents in green and yellow. We get it. Is this is this available on? It's available on Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. And uh, that's the only place you, we can get it. Uh, for the time being, yes. Okay. Um, when is book two coming out? Uh, book two, I can't put a date on exactly. Okay, like, because, okay. like I said, life. It's yeah. already written out. Uh, I'm just going through the process and trying to hurry up and get it over with and then done with and publish it. I do have the book covers ready for book two and book three. Mm. Um, I was going to ask you about the cover here. Is that a torch? Or what is that? Oh, it's a fireball. A fireball. Oh, yep. nice. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I'll. I loved it because in, in the in the covers, all three of them, the main character, he wears a hoodie on the cover. Mm. It's not it's not so much because I like hoodies, yeah. but because it's like a dark brooding look yeah. and everything like that. And he's of course, you know, he doesn't have a costume. This is not like Marvel Cinematic right, or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's basically like a regular person. Right. He doesn't wear masks. And I actually poke fun at masks because at the very beginning, when his mom when his mom dies. Uh, he gets accused of being at the scene. And so they pretty much put a bounty on him because he pretty much escapes and they put a bounty on him trying to like a reward. And so his girlfriend at the time, she's like, maybe we should wear a mask. And so she goes to the mask, to the, uh, to the closet and she pulls out two masks. She pulls out a mask, like a Zorro mask. Yeah. And then she pulls out like a ski mask. <laughs> and so like I make fun of it I'm just like so I either look like a vigilante or a bank robber <laughs> <laughs> and so she, and so she's like well she's like well I have makeup I mean we can like put you know do a little eye thing yeah. he's like no he's like I'm not gonna look like a guy like trying to break into comic con yeah. <laughs> and then she's like okay would you rather look like the guy trying to escape from jail <laughs> like wearing an orange jumper yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, so like I, I poke fun a little bit at that and there's like there's other like um that's, cultural easter eggs hidden there that's what i hate about superman the clark kent 
disguise. Oh, the whole glasses. <laughs> yeah, like, like come on. Do you not recognize well, him? Here, here's, what, here's what's funny and, about. And they didn't that. change that in the movie. The, the, like, the point is, he doesn't wear a mask as Superman, no. so you don't expect him to have a secret identity. Well, You're not looking for it. Uh, Batman. There's clearly somebody under there. Superman. He do. Yeah, well, that's just who he is. Another well, thing here, on, another I think thing he changes his cowlick, doesn't he? No, yeah, he changes his hair and another his thing about, about the mask that I hate with, Bat, with Batman. Sorry, man. I just he's got makeup in the mask and then he takes it off and there's no makeup on the <laughs> on the eyelid on the eyelids. Yeah, sorry, it's all good. No, actually, there, there was a um, former CIA chief of um, I can't remember what her title was, but I was watching her interview and she was going over various spy films where the character has to make some sort of quick change or disguise and talking about the accuracy. And she said uh, in the interview that uh, oftentimes what real life spies will do is they will change something fit relatively small about their appearance, whether it's switching a, a wig, putting on a pair of glasses, because according to research, apparently our facial recognition software is crap. So, <laughs> so like the whole Superman thing, you yeah. know, puts on the glasses, changes the cowlick, slouches a bit. That actually works. Those are things that real undercover agents will do to differentiate themselves if they feel like they're being watched or tailed. So to real life works. Well, I still hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, my character, he, he abandons that. And it's um, and it just hit his own there's, look. No, okay. So I make fun of. I also make fun of old, um, old horror films like not, like not so much Dracula. I, I make fun of Frankenstein a little bit. So when one of the characters dies, he gets revived uh, through you know basically electricity, and yeah. they put like little like oh, yeah. metal studs on his yeah. neck and everything yeah, like bolts. that. Yeah, like the bolts and everything. And they revive him and stuff like that. And he he's kind of dressed kind of like, like, not like just poor, like a hobo. Yeah. Kind of almost hobo looking like. Yeah. And so when he meets uh, Kevin, he makes fun of him. He's like, he's like I didn't know it was Halloween because he's wearing the mask and everything. Yeah, he's yeah. like, you're want to talk with your <laughs> neck bolts and everything. And so it's funny. And um, I put the mask on him just because like... I wanted that small short period of him, you know, being superhero like in a sense. Yeah. And in the book, I make it ver pretty much clear that he is not a superhero by any means. He's not one of those like, oh, I'm going to save a damsel in distress. He's right. pretty much like an anti hero. Yeah. On his own quest. Yeah. He's, has nothing he's, to do he's, with the world, basically, yeah. right? And I was like so happy when, because obviously I started this whole project before the Deadpool series came out. Mm -hmm. But when I watched Deadpool, the first one and the second one, I was happy because, like, back before Deadpool came out, like, I loved the jokes and everything. And that's how Marcus and Kevin are in the same sense, okay. too. They're, they're a lot kind of like Deadpool. Yeah. And if they need to kill someone, Marcus especially, he'll do it. He won't, he won't think about it. Kevin, he'll, he'll make a judgment call on whether this is a good idea yeah. or a bad idea. And then, um, and so, like, I also did a... Um, a Marcus version called Cindy in the book because I also wanted to give a female version as well. Mm. And she does... She's a little bit more reserved in how she does it. She has the same main goal as Marcus, but he, but she's more willing to cooperate on, on a more even level and to, like, be supportive. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's why I, that's why I try to, like, I have... 
multiple relationships going throughout book one, book two. Um, in book two, there is more or less a same-sex relationship, but one of the parties is also a shapeshifter. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like, <laughs> so it's kind of like you get you know what the you best want? of both worlds <laughs> yeah, type yeah, thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, <laughs> and so like that that part was fun to play. And <laughs> dreaming out loud. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's, well, I mean, hey, it's like hey, yeah, you gotta yeah. have fun with it because yeah. I don't want to be like completely biased and it's like, well, how come there's only straight relationships or how come there's always da da da. So I try to make it as versatile as I possibly can so everyone can get a taste of everything. Right. Yeah. And that's what I do with my characters. That's what I do with my storyline because if I'm the one reading it, I want to find something that I like and I want to go with that. And I've read. Uh, like a few Stephen King books, and yeah. like I like Stephen King, he's yeah. great, love him. And um, but like I've heard his descriptions where he'll take like five pages to describe a cup, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, there's nothing wrong with that, and how you want to describe it, that's all on you. I tried to do it as brief but descriptive as possible and mm. make the book flow because right? I don't want to be stuck on one character for too damn long, yeah. And it's like, oh, he has a toe ring, okay, whatever. <laughs> It's like, no, it's like we're moving on. And the only characters, like I said, I don't describe are the ones that live for like half a page or like a sentence because it's just, yeah, it's, there's no point in getting attached to that. But to the main characters, you easily know if they're going to be staying there for a good minute. If I put, if I actually take the time to describe their personality or like Alexis and Heather are two rich girls that start in the, in the very beginning and I give them full descriptions, a uh, slight touch on personality and then I leave them alone. And the way I do it, I do it like a wheel. So we have character A, B, C, D, whatever. And I go from one to the next and one to the next. And, and I just rotate them in and out. So you're not stuck on one character for too long. And you have a taste of everything. It's like Baskin Robbins. Like 31 flavors. Try them all out. See who you get attached to. This one you said it, it mostly focuses on Kevin and Marcus. Uh, as, as the main characters. As the main characters? Yes. Does it it's, change it's, for the second book? No, it's still, mm. it's, Kevin is still the main character regardless. Okay. Um, third person takes care of everything else, essentially, oh, yeah. about, and they have, obviously, like, if Kevin's doing something else, yeah. there's going to be, like, a different section where it's like, hey, what are these characters doing? Or yeah. are they, for the like, a section for the bad guys? What are they plotting? You know, and stuff like that. And I put um, thoughts into, and emotions into the bad guys as well. Like, what they're thinking while they're fighting Kevin. You know what I mean? It's like, are they amazed? Are they afraid? Or, like, what are they going to do and everything? And that's that's what I love about doing God View. Like, first person is great. Yeah. But God View lets you really expand on the whole world. It's like you have the, the story. Yeah. yeah, it's like you have the whole world in your hands. You can poke and prod it however you want to. First person, you're just limited to basically what the first person views. Like, there is no... Like, hey, you know, my girlfriend's thinking about this, or but you don't know that. Yeah. So you just have to go on either facial expression or you just have to use intuition. Right. And so it makes that's, it easier if they adapt it into film because you have that. Well, to, yeah. 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 <laughs> makes makes that a lot easier. But yeah. when it's in the book, you have yeah. to basically do it yourself. Right. And so I was really happy when the reviewer read it, and she's like, she's like, she was happy that you were able to expand between first and third, and make it really cohesive and make it flow and make it work. Instead of just like tedious information that need, that doesn't go anywhere, right? That's hard. Yeah, that yeah. that's not an easy feat to pull off. I 
commend you for that. Oh, thank you, thank you. And yeah, uh, a lot of people sometimes when they read it, they you know without God's view or they, yeah, they, I call it third person, hard. but yeah, I call yeah, it God yeah, view. Yeah, yeah. They, I'm sure they have a lot of how hard, especially if they're not really imaginative when they read. Yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they're just reading next, 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 and I don't know it because. It, what what are, have you have you heard a lot of reviews about it? Like, what, how do you feel about some of the reviews you've heard? Oh, uh, because I'm sure you pay attention to that a little yeah. bit, right? Like, like I said, like a, a lot of the reviews were pretty much, you know, I love Marcus. It, they liked how it flowed and everything. That you don't stay on something for too long. Mm-hmm. You know, you give it just enough time. Whether it be, there are fight scenes that take about ten pages. Yeah, but I mean, I have like twelve people fighting at one time. And that was like the hardest thing to write is like when you have multiple people, especially like in like when he brings up the dead and everything and he's fighting like all the people at once. I have to rotate from one fight scene between one character to the next and keep them in order and make sure that it's in the same time frame. Okay. Because if something's thrown off, then it throws out the whole fight. Okay. You know what I mean? And so it's and so I'm man. that was like the hardest part, just doing fight scenes. Yeah, that's I, I've never written a fight scene, so I don't know how that. I, <laughs> it, it's it, it's challenging. Yeah, so I'm I I look forward to reading this, man. Um, I actually, you say you don't have a date for when for the second one? No, not yet. Because I I I want to maybe both of us read it, all of us, and then once the once you have a date. For the second one, I'd like to have you back. Oh yeah, oh, so yeah. Can I would love to and, be back. Yeah, yeah, for definitely. Sure, but hey, I want to thank you for coming by. I, 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 I know you. Can I? Can I read this? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> but, but yeah, you have any? Will any, you sign it? You oh sign yeah, it? most definitely. Yeah, getting, I'll sign it. This, this a trend now. We're getting all the authors that come on the voice party to sign the yeah. sign page. Give us a copy. Like uh, I'll definitely sign it for you guys. And um. The second, the second chapter or the second book is called uh, Alliances. Alliances. So the first one is Dissension. The yeah. second one is Alliances. Oh, okay. And the third one will be called Judgment. Okay. Unless I choose to change it, but yeah, yeah that's pretty much where it goes forth. You have any like l- last remarks you want the readers to to know about? You know, just something before they they crack into the book. Uh, the book is definitely a. Uh, for a mature audience, it's okay. definitely for a mature. We, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, we, it's, we didn't it, talk about that. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not it's not a tween book by any means. Um, <laughs> there, it's it's rated R, but it's it's um it's tasteful. Okay. you know what I mean. Yeah, it doesn't have like it's not cheap sex scenes. No, it doesn't yeah. have no the the sex the sex scenes especially are not full on descriptive. This is not like you know porn by any means. Right, right. So it's tasteful. It it describes you enough. To get which to get the visual, and then we're moving on. You know, we're not doing twenty minutes groaning and moaning for you know whatever. It's funny. I I heard an interview with uh, um, with Orson Welles where he said you you could you could never make a a masterpiece porn film. You could only make a a masterpiece like film about porn, but you could never actually do. <laughs> you know, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Huh. you can make it about porn. But not a porn film that's going to be because it's too much stimulation and it wouldn't work. Oh right, because you <laughs> oh, oh that makes sense. You wouldn't yeah. be able to Pants fully appreciate the way, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You got to talk I, about. You it. hate those. <laughs> but, 
Oh man, so it's okay. That's one thing we definitely not don't yeah, buy it for your kids. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely yeah, it's definitely not a kids. I'm sure book. teens would love it though. You know. Yeah. Even, yeah, but like especially you know we, as kids we like reading all this stuff. Yeah, you know? I mean yeah. it's 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 yeah. rated it's rated R because of gory scenes yeah. and language and everything like that. Yeah. But it's not like NC seventeen or anything oh, like that. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? It's, yeah, for it's sure. yeah, it's not one of those. And. um yeah, yeah. social media. Uh, oh yeah, it's it's it has its own Facebook and everything. Oh, it does. Uh, yeah, okay. it has its own Facebook page. So what what is that? Uh, blood, uh, yeah, blood and black water. Blood and black water. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, and that's where if if somebody wanted to contact you after reading it, where where could they uh, do that? Boris Edwards? It's also my Facebook page. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Okay. so they can okay. always look me up, leave, know, me, leave me a comment, or uh, add me whichever oh, you want. Yeah. So we'll set a date. I mean, I don't want to. Let's set a date on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, never that. Never no, that. No, no. There's a certain other individual we know who will do that. All, who will do that sometimes, but not us. We're yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Careful. But yeah, man. Thank you for coming, and uh, uh, I look forward to reading this. And I hope like this gets you a lot of readers. Oh yeah, no, I I definitely do. If I could, if I could make this my dream job and like make a living off of this, I'd be so freaking oh, happy. Hey, dude. It you. This anything's possible <laughs> anything's possible yeah. man that's a lot yeah it's it's, just, it's 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 28 chapters it's oh, it's, yeah. it's it's pretty yeah. it's pretty fat but um like i said it flows and everything oh, yeah. how many words what's the word count on this oh god i lost count <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh on the <laughs> when if you go to the amazon page and everything it gives you like a word count yeah. and all that fun mm-hmm. stuff but yeah and I, I love reading like i love reading uh mature sci-fi books yeah like like i was telling you earlier about um like Anne rice and yeah. mm-hmm. uh the dresden files i like i like mortal instruments you know mortal instruments oh, is, yeah. it's more of a tween book mm-hmm. and everything i i still liked it i mean yeah. it was well written now specifically because i know it sounds like we're getting wrap up but i have mm-hmm. one question before we go mm-hmm. top three horror novels for you oh yeah I, I i meant to ask that for vampire Ooh. too vampire novels but uh, top three. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. For I don't know. I would just say, dressed in files, the Anne Rice one, and that's about it, really. Okay, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have a real like favorite in regards to that. Okay, favorite Anne Rice. Interview, <laughs> interview with the vampire. With yeah, the, vampire. The, the other ones. The uh, film or the or the novel. Uh, I like the film better. The film I'm, I'm more of like I like reading and everything, but Visuals. I like yeah, I like. That's why I want to do movies in more because I'm a visual guy too. Yeah, and, and and I mean, don't get me wrong, I like I like reading. Like I remember I read that Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter before, oh, yeah. <laughs> before I watched before the, the movie. Film. Yeah, uh, and I actually like the book a lot better. That's that's usually always the case when yeah. it's like when it's like from a, from a book, like For whether sure. it be Harry Potter or yeah. yeah. The books just take you further. Yeah. 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 Man, so th- thank you for coming by, and uh, we'll definitely yeah, see I, you again. I had a great time here. Thank you yeah, so much. I really appreciate man. it. Thank you for having Thank you All for right. coming. All right. Take us out. Take us out, everybody. <laughs> we out of here. Thank you. <laughs>